You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns. We'll take you the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. We are back by week over back to in week action game week action sunday baltimore ravens your host jeff lloyd at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd show itself at locked on browns follow back account dms are open wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you're following subscribe to the locked on browns podcast five-star ratings written reviews joined here today by sports illustrated's pete smith as we ramp it back up in the AFC North yesterday, actually, you know, in the AFC in general yesterday, I think just all around a good day for the Browns, obviously idle, um, but you got the Bengals and, you know, for every week, the Bengals look like they're really, really trying to make a presence known in the AFC. You come out with an effort like yesterday, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, uh, you know, I give Coach Harbaugh a lot of credit. I had a chance to maybe kind of maybe put a dagger in the AFC North by going for two there if they had been successful, which they were not. Um, certainly in a situation where you were maybe looking at that as well with the fact that you have, looks like now Marlon Humphrey is out for the year for the Ravens uh, with a torn peck. So Browns without their, I mean, sorry, the Ravens without their top two cornerbacks, Steelers steal that one. Uh, you know, some other games in the AFC, you know, as far, you know, worked their way for the Cleveland Browns, Raiders losing as well. Pete, um, all in all, I mean, I guess it's probably, you know, the best you could have hoped for yesterday. Uh, you know, obviously with the Browns with no chance to win. Um, but, you know, obviously with the, the Ravens not getting that two-point play, certainly leaves a lot of things kind of still on the table here. But none of it means a hill of beans without at least winning this Sunday. Well, yeah, I mean – Look, the, the the game. If you watched the the Ravens, I mean, it's difficult not to be able to talk yourself into the Browns still being alive and well. Um, neither of those teams was very good. Um, you know, look, both teams are struggling to score points, as are the Browns. Um, the Bengals, for as good as they can be, um, do things that are just. You know the telltale signs of a, a wife woefully uh, inconsistent football team. So they have a great game against the Steelers, and then they have an awful game in a lot of ways against the the Chargers. So uh, look, the the Browns. You know it would have been great if they could have gotten that win against the Ravens ahead of the bye week. That would have been you know a, a massive massive deal for them. But you know between the bye week and where the Ravens are. They just lost their best defensive player for the year. Um, the way they're playing in general, the Browns can absolutely go out, beat beat the Ravens this week, and start to put a run together. Now, is that going to be enough? Difficult to say, but it's just a testament to the one. This season has been just bizarre on all levels because some of these teams just are doing things that just aren't going to last. Uh, and then the other part is like – as frustrating as this Brown season is, they're not that far away. They just happen to have a lot of bad things go wrong at the same time and, and the bottom fall out of a couple of positions. 
And I think, yeah, I mean, look, everything's come, you know, in ebbs and flows for all these teams in the North, certainly, uh, you know, injuries, things of that nature. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow finished yesterday, obviously, with a broken pinky. We'll see, you know, how that's going to affect him going further. You know, most of the time you can maybe get through it initially, um, but it's maybe going to be, you know, what type of apparatus or exactly how they're going to have to go about it, where exactly the break is in the pinky going further. Um, the offensive line in Cincinnati, it's been up, it's been down. This is something we tried to tell everybody that, you know, as fantastic as Jamar Chase has been at times this year, uh, you know, you can't keep the quarterback upright. You can't keep the quarterback from getting knocked around the park. I mean, none of it truly, truly matters. And Pete, how about the Detroit Lions? And first things first, Minnesota, I have no idea what in the world that kind of coverage was you were thinking there. By all means, you know, you know don't cover the goal line, which is the be all and all of it. But there will not be. A, a winless team and the one ten and one lions doing it with virtually nothing. Uh, well, I mean, look, it's the second win for the lions on the season. Their first that actually gets to go in the standings because they absolutely beat the Ravens uh, <laughs> in, in by the rules of the game, which, you know, weirdly enough, don't seem to apply to the Ravens in a lot of games. Um, they're bad. They're really bad. And now they've got a little wiggle room to how just how bad because some of these other teams like the Jaguars are are, are getting enough out of the basement that it's okay that they lose uh, or they, they win a game and beat the Vikings, which is, you know, great for them. Uh, and they can still cruise right on into a choice between Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you know, they need everything. Um, I mean, I guess you can say they scratch and claw quite a bit. I mean, they played the AFC North confusingly well for a division they're never going to see uh, on a consistent basis, and they were they've been genuinely awful against their own division. So, I mean, getting one against the Vikings certainly makes sense. The Vikings, um, you know, I I, I I think Mike Zimmer has been there basically a year too long at this point, but they're really letting this thing sort of um, get off track i mean i i don't know if kirk cousins will be back there next year uh, i don't think he will be back so they do have some really nice pieces in place i mean the stuff going on with uh with uh their defensive end who who announced he's bipolar uh is you know not something to make light of it's just entirely another situation that um is is difficult for the Everson Griffin. The, another situation that's just adding to the challenges that that, that team is going through. So, um, you know, I, I thought that team was very talent deficient um, overall. They fought in a lot of games. I mean, they've won some games that that make sort of the, the the Browns beating them look a little bit better. But they've also lost a game like this one that sort of helps to um, <clears throat> helps to further the argument for people who think the Browns haven't beaten anyone. And well, first things first, um, and for the Minnesota Vikings, I hope you can gather it right. Take out those frustrations Thursday night on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be absolutely fantastic. Y'all want to take care of that for us. Um, and the Everson Griffin thing. Look, Everson Griffin has been dealing with this battling and with this obviously for a long time. I know there were times where you know, we mentioned where he was available, you know, about, you know, whether or not he would be a Cleveland fit. And the key was always just trying to be, you know, understanding that you got to take care of the person first before the player. Um, and for Everson Griffin, it's, look, it's a, it's an extremely, extremely tough road. You know, all the best to him, um, you know, and most importantly, look, it's about getting your life right. Um, football, obviously, all that other stuff comes secondary. Hopefully, you know, whatever money he has made to this point in the NFL, he's been good with, um, you know, because 
you never know when it gets to this. It, it, it's really, really difficult between controlling meds. And I, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows somebody who's had issues like this. You know, you go on your medication and then all of a sudden you your body gets right. But then your body tells you you don't need the medication because your body's right. And then that's when you end up spiraling you know, down a downward hole again. Really, really difficult to see. And obviously very, very unfortunate for the young man, you know, dealing with this. You know, hope for all the best as he does, you know, go through that and battle that. But again, you know, hopefully the Vikings can rally here. Uh, Thursday night, uh, basically do, uh, you know, everybody else in the AFC North a favor here. Um, Pete, at Pittsburgh, it was just enough. I, I mean, it, it, that's really all it was. It was just enough. And, you know, and for Harbaugh, I, I get it. I, I get the going for two. But in the same respect, I mean, and you hate for it to come down to a coin flip in overtime, and maybe he had no faith in his defense. Um but for me, if it's, hey, can I get the ball? If I have a 50-50 shot at Lamar Jackson beating your defense or Ben Roethlisberger beating what I got on my defense, yeah, maybe I would have rolled the dice. But at the end of the day, he he it was a gamble he could afford to take. I have no problem with him going for two. I mean, I think it's, it's smart play and roll. Um, you know, is, is it more realistic to take sort of a 50-50 shot? Um or however the percentages truly break down, I think it's like 52-48. Or to sort of play it out and hope for the best when you know that your 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 best corner's shoulders blown out or whatever it is, and then the trend was that your defense was just exhausted. Um, so, you know, they went for it. The play they ran was more than good enough. They didn't execute it, um, and they lose. But, you know, the, the, that game was sort of, largely determined by the fact that the Ravens just refused to put away the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers hung in there and really fought for the whole game, but they hung around long enough that they finally were able to sort of make the most of it and, and put up enough points to, 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 to pressure the Ravens and, and then ultimately win. I mean, that wasn't all that different from the way the Browns uh, dominated the Lions for three quarters. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was a game involved. You know, obviously the Steelers are better than the Lions. uh, But that's the problem with what's going on with the Ravens right now. Very little of what they're doing is sustainable. They don't score points. I think it's, they've scored more than 19 points in one, one, one game in their last six. Um, You know, likewise, the Browns have scored 17 points more, more than 17 once in their last seven games. These are not things that are uh, indicative of good teams. So when you're doing that, you put yourself in position to to lose those type of games. And, and the Ravens have gotten away with it quite a bit. They they lost to the Miami Dolphins doing that. They they lost to some of these other teams um, that hung around. And then they've gotten really lucky in, in a couple of instances where they've basically gotten by just enough. And now they're sitting there at eight and four. But the rest of their schedule is brutal. Um, not only do they have to play the Browns this coming week, they have to – play the Packers. They have to go on the road against the Broncos, you know, then they have to play at some point, the Bengals and the Steelers again and and somebody else that's competitive. So uh, the injuries that the Ravens have had all season is starting to catch up with them. And Lamar Jackson for as phenomenally talented as he is, cannot do it alone. And we're starting to see just how that unravels Um, four interceptions against the Browns. He had another bad one against the Steelers, which, you know, took, points off the board, which would have won the game in the end. Uh, like those type of things are, are become pr- problematic. 
you know, they're starting to wear down. I, you know, I assume his ankle will be fine, but uh, it's just one more thing for them to deal with. They've got just, you know, they're, they're just really, really hurt across the board. And, you know, I've always sort of viewed the Ravens as sort of a team that would be far more dangerous in 2022-2023. And, you know, they've sort of overperformed relative to my expectations, but I still think they're better suited for those years than they are the rest of this one. A lot of youth, a lot of youth in Baltimore. And uh, one other thing that you notice, though, is with Lamar Jackson's, you know, average to poor play last couple of weeks. Don't see anybody in the Baltimore area saying that they need to make a change of quarterback. So be happy sometimes with what you have. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit here. We're going to talk a little college football playoff. Pete has released his first mock draft of the year. We're going to dig into that stuff here more as we roll on through on your Monday Locked on Browns. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You are watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The college football season, regular season, besides Army-Navy, is now officially over, Pete. And a wild weekend um, for those, you know, Georgia, this was always going to be a thing. Um, You know, if the quarterback situation and, you know, we've been this down this road with Georgia before, you know, really, really good defense. Uh, you know, not maybe enough at the quarterback position. You get yourself into one of these games here where teams can truly score, um, and it doesn't matter how good your defense is. Georgia ends up getting knocked off. Michigan, Iowa was just you know, you know, we'll, we'll just call them Iowa because there certainly is no O existing in Iowa. Uh, then you know the way you know Baylor obviously knocking off Oklahoma State. And so you get to your final of Alabama one, Michigan two. Um, you know, Cincinnati obviously gets in there this year as well. Pete, did this is always the question and always the wonder. Did they get it right? Sure. I mean, th- this was the easiest year they could have asked for in terms of the playoffs. Uh, the second, the Big Twelve just decided we're not even we're not even going to have this conversation this year. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, this really comes back to the Ohio state Michigan game. And if that game went the other way, you know, that then the big 10 championship would have been sort of, uh, the same way it ended up being for Michigan being a coronation, that team was going to go, uh, and, and unless Georgia had won, um, you know, that changes everything. And all of a sudden Notre Dame's potentially going to be in there, but given what we've had, uh, you know, it's difficult to argue. And I, and you know, I hate the argument that Notre Dame should be held. The fact that their coach left should be held against them. I think that is criminally stupid. 
and and fortunately for the the committee, they got bailed out from having to make that decision. But that's, you know, it's it's the best they can do with what they have for right now. You know, the 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 matchups are are what they're supposed to be. I guess um, it was a year of sort of one seemingly really really dominant team, and then that dominant team lost. So you you have a bunch of teams that are sort of good but no juggernauts i mean if you gave gary danielson another quarter i think he was going to try to talk his way into texas a&m being in the playoff uh because they beat alabama but you know for what we got this is exactly what was supposed to happen cincinnati deserved it they deserved it last year and almost beat georgia last year in the bowl game if not for a personal foul call uh you know alabama gets to play them i i i understand that alabama will be favored but i i i refuse to just say that Cincinnati can't play given the number of historical games that uh, Alabama has lost to teams like this. And obviously this is big against the playoff and they have a ton of talent, but Cincinnati's a, a roster loaded with NFL guys. So they may not have enough because they, they, you know, they, they may only be able to really hang from like one to 15 as opposed to one to 53 or, or 90 or whatever it ends up being. But Cincinnati's a really good team with a really good coach, and I'm curious to see how that one plays out. And then, you know, Georgia and Michigan, I have less faith in Georgia than I did, and I have more faith in Michigan, and I don't know how that's going to end up. It just seems like two teams are going to slam into each other for four quarters. Georgia's uh, – uh, Brendan Bauer sort of adds an el- extra element that I don't think Michigan really has – and that may be the the the, the sort of the ter- determining factor, but bol- ultimately these are two teams that want to line it up and slam into each other as as much as they can. Both off both take pride in their offensive and defensive lines, uh, and have quarterback at least questions. Um, so how does that work out? I'm not sure, but certainly a frustrating and you know season altering loss for Georgia you you had what amounted to be almost the the feeling of invincibility and you know by the end of the first half it was completely gone uh and for Alabama going into the Cincinnati game you're losing wide receiver John Mechie um you know obviously certainly tough loss for the young man um you know eyes towards the NFL draft we'll see what exactly works out how it actually works out for John Mechie difficult difficult situation for him there Cincinnati is loaded. They, you know, uh, uh, top heavy. I should probably use that term as far as their roster. Um, they've played in it, you know, not games to this level, but they kind of built up to this level. And you're in a situation like this. It's, hey, I mean, you have zero, nothing to lose. So, I mean, if you got something you can throw at them that, you know, they haven't seen, by all means, you probably go that route. Um, yeah. And where we are now in a world of college football games, um, Pete hitting three hours, 50 minutes, three hours, 55 minutes, maybe even four hours, Michigan and Georgia. This one, this one could be done probably at about two 30 flat um, because they pretty much play the same style. They like to run the ball, uh, use multiple players. And literally, like you said, I mean, you know, just banging into each other, but this has all the makings of a 1980s college ball game. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing with with Michigan is how how deep does their talent go? Georgia's loaded for bear, so you know typically by virtue of how the playoffs work and how they are stupidly allowed to wait three and four weeks before these games happen, 
it, it always favors teams to have more talent because one, you know, time is no longer a factor in terms of preparation. And then two, you just get more time for your talent to sort of figure it out. So you've got, you know, like freshmen and sophomores that don't really play like freshmen and sophomores at this point in the season, and then become sort of um, impact players. I don't know how many of those Michigan has, and that's sort of the, the one worry you have with this type of matchup, but overall, um, you know, they have, a guy who should at the very least be in New York for the Heisman ceremony and Aiden Hutchinson. You've got a guy in David Jabo that are both phenomenal players and just completely uh, can take over a game. And, you know, do they have enough behind them? Daxon Hill is a very interesting player. Maybe he's a guy who can cover Bowers or at least help with Bowers. You know, those type of things are really interesting. I, I tend to think George is going to win just by virtue of the fact that, I think their their talent just goes deeper, but you know there are a number of players on Georgia. Let's put it this way: on, 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 uh, other than like the one linebacker, um, I think most of those defensive players are, are a year away, and then the ones that are going to be out this year, I think, are increasingly overrated. And it was you know in when they were basically reduced to one on one matchups against Alabama, they got absolutely crushed. So, you know, Jordan Davis, I, I have zero interest, like none. So, you know, those type of players, I, I want nowhere near the Browns. And, you know, I don't know how many, you know, in that type of defense, you have to really be good about who's really driving that bus and who's just sort of along for the ride. And I, and I think there's right now there are guys that are sort of along for the ride that may not even realize it. Yeah. Um, and before we get to, you know, we'll get to the next segment here in Pete's mock draft. Um, obviously Jamison Williams is, you know, taking the college football world by storm this year. Um, monster outing again, Saturday, um, you know, the long speed, uh, you know, the ability to take short, uh, you know, short receptions to the house yards after the catch ability, catching the long ball, special, special talent. It's crazy to think that he was in a position at Ohio state where it was tough to get him on the field. And he walks into Alabama and dominates like he does. But Pete, this is one in, you know, as we start to, you know, it starts to get closer and closer to, you know, players declaring in draft season. Jamison Williams, there's only one year to work off of. Is this an issue for some teams? Is this an issue in general? And I mean, look for, you know, there's no, in my opinion, there's no way he goes back. You don't have a year like that and go back and risk anything at all. Um, but he certainly makes for an interesting evaluation. He's phenomenal. I mean, he's. Steven Thomas said it like about maybe two months ago and said, look, I would never say somebody kind of looks a little bit like Josh Gordon and, you know, obviously on the field and and throw that out there. But I mean, the kid is ridiculous. That's not who jumps to mind for me, but um, he look, he is bigger and stronger than the traditional wideout that can run that fast, which, you know, Josh Gordon was certainly in that in that realm his speed is unbelievable and you know i I don't think it's a coincidence that when he went out for the targeting call because he was Mm -hmm. on punt coverage um completely changed the iron bowl Uh, i think he is the guy he's the easy button you get it the ball in their hands um and, and they just do unbelievable things his speed is great his vision is is pretty good he's strong enough I think he's ultimately going to be the top receiver taken in this class. Um, I don't 
think he he'll, he'll go back to school and and maybe it's a problem for some teams. I, I think this comes down to um, I think this comes down to teams doing their research and a lot of that research may actually end up in Columbus um, just to get a sense of who the kid is. You know, was this look in the situation of Ohio State? Chris Olave is not as good as Jamison Williams, but Chris Olave was super polished and ready to go, and you weren't going to take him off the field for Jamison Williams. I mean, that's just what it was. Um, so Jamison Williams does what you know is best for Jamison Williams. I, I fully expect that Ohio State was like. Yeah, absolutely. Go, you know, go, go somewhere else where it's, it's going to allow you to sort of shine. And he's been great. And, you know, if, if you really want to go back and second guess and go, well, they should have basically kicked a lava to the curb for this kid. You can certainly do that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that would look worse and of more cold blooded. than I think this, this coaching staff at Ohio state was willing to go, but he's, you know, James Williams is out unbelievable. He kills um, teams. I, you know, I don't think he's the best, wide receiver yet but he is absolutely the type of kid you want to build around and like you know taking his what he he did off the field that has ended his career he is so much has so much more reason to believe in him than Henry Ruggs did out of Alabama in terms of a guy who could take the top off the defense like mm-hmm. you know you, you don't hear the excuses about well there's all these other guys and no Jameson Jameson Williams was the best guy like and does all these other things um so which is you know you get back to the whole concept of argument of like market share and stuff like this this is why this stuff matters because he was literally the best player um on that group like you know mechie's acl doesn't change the fact he was certainly a very good player they have other really good players there but um jameson williams was far and away the best far and the way most impactful in in years past you could take one of those other guys off the field and you know, not notice because they were just so loaded. Jamison Williams, you take him off the field. Alabama is a fundamentally different team. No question, no question. Um, I mean, it just an absolute you know pleasure to watch. Uh, you know, just the wide receiver and me. You know, that's absolute total package. Jamison Williams. We get to a little bit more here. Uh, Pete has, like I said, has released his first mock over at uh, Brownside Justin Sports Illustrated dot com. Uh, for anybody, no, this is not a waving the white flag on the year uh it's a normal thing content wise with a bye week and certainly with the conclusion of the college football season so we're going to get to the we're going to get get our eyes on that and that'll be the last of the draft talk here for a while on lockdown browns as we get back to business which and again hope everybody had a great weekend rest it up and uh you know it was a good weekend for your browns the doom and gloom of the previous week you know hopefully subside a little bit and there is work to be done sunday one o'clock at First Energy. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your pocket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it is the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. 
They'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. You friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few belt bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of the Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They are light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Taste so good, you will not believe that they are filled with protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. For basketball, football, NHL, Boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We've gotten news, obviously, on the salary cap for 2022, figuring more in the range of around $208 million, up from the 182.5 of this year. So talking, you know, upwards around $26 million. So uh, maneuverability there, certainly for a lot of NFL teams. Pete released your first mock over at Browns Digest uh, this week. And I understand it was a little bit, and we were talking about it, a little bit of a head scratcher for you. It took a little longer than you wanted to. Um, but offense heavy, which I think a lot of people certainly uh, you know, agree with and understand and you know probably see that vision with you as well. Um, wide receiver seems Pete, you, you, you've got a darling that you like here for the Browns in the 2022 NFL draft. Well, look, I mean, Traylon Burks, um, does everything that the Browns need from the position and like everybody's talking about how there's not sort of an elite, elite prospect this year. And I guess that's true. There's no, uh, you know, Jamar chase type player. Those guys are rare. They don't happen often. So you end up with years where you have a bunch of supremely talented guys, which is this this year. And, you know, Traylon Burks, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, he you know, Arkansas had nothing else. Everybody knew what they were going to do. And he still did it. And he, to me, he's sort of like the Debo Samuel type guy, which – Obviously, it's become a very, very big deal this year with him playing running back. I wouldn't be surprised if that helps him. But the problem with, like, you know, the the, the wide receiver class in general is, like, you know, everybody will go, well, Traylon Burks will go way before the Browns go. Well, I, I get it. However, um, Jamison Williams is going to run, like, allegedly, like a 4-2. Um, and he's big and strong. Dope, Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he's – he's just you don't see that and then drake london is sort of falling off the map because he broke his ankle but the usc receiver was like the best receiver in the country bar none for most of the season he's six five he's got great speed and he's got terrific feet for somebody that size so these are guys that like the further you get away from sort of the game field i mean and, and these were guys who crushed it on the game field but these are also guys i think the further you get away from the field the better these guys will do 
Um, so I, I, we'll see. I look. The, here's the thing: if the Browns have to settle for Jamison Williams or or Garrett Wilson, I think most people will be able to get over it. Um, <laughs> but to me, I think Burks is sort of the ultimate. He crushes man coverage, which has obviously been something that the Browns have have needed. He he gives you more speed. He fits everything sort of the Browns like in players. Um, he's, you know, honor roll student works his ass off, doesn't get in trouble, like all those things. And then he has all these physical tools where you sort of look at him and you go, he's great, but I think he can actually continue to get better, which by the way, is true of most of these guys in this class. I think other than maybe a guy like Chris Olave, um, who's obviously a very good player, you know, he's the one guy where, you know, I think you're, you basically look at him and, and, Part of you is going, well, I think maybe he's largely what he is. I think most the case, um, whether it's Jahan Dotson, who I'm not as high on as some people are, or any number of these receivers, they're not done yet. So, you know, what they're doing right now, they they have the potential to keep going. So um, for right now, I think Traylon Burks is perfect for what the Browns want. I think he fits everything they want to do. And, you know, he is, is something they have not had um, in the Baker Mayfield era. Uh, next two picks here, Pete, and regardless of where you know the rest of the season goes, th- there's there's going to be needs for you know obviously assistance and help on this defensive line. You know maybe you know maybe you get your Davian Clowney back, maybe you get Tack McKinley back, maybe you get one, maybe you get none. Who knows? Um, but you're going to need help there. You certainly need some help uh, in the inside. So you peg two players here with those next two picks. Best path forward is to sign um, Jadavian Clowney for at least another year. Um, frankly, I think their best path forward is also signing Tech McKinley for at least another year. And I think that one's more likely to get done of the two just because Tech McKinley, you know, he, he does everything the Browns want to do and his groin has limited him. You know, that's just one of so And the Browns clearly, clearly have an affection for Tech McKinley. And, and, and both those guys, they, they, they clearly like both those guys. And I think you can add those guys and go into this draft class, which is really strong in the edges and go, you know, I would love to get a Fletcher Cox type player, but they aren't coming. And this year does not have that type of guy. I mean, arguably the most impactful defensive line prospect is going to be DeMarvin Leal from uh, Texas A&M. And he's a baby out there in terms of where he is as a player. He's, physically ridiculous but he's not like a guy you just plug into the three he's he's a combo defensive lineman and the browns are sort of the the ultimate team to sort of invest in these guys that can line up and down the line of scrimmage so um kingsley and Igbara is a guy that a lot of people have as a first round pick he's i don't think he's going to test otherworldly he's a bad run defender at this point but he's just incredibly good at rushing the passer um, my guess is that there are going to be sexier players that surpass him in the draft process, but we'll see. Um, I think he's the type of guy who could slip a little bit just by virtue of the fact that there are guys who who do other things that are more interesting in terms of the long term. And the other part of that is like you've got three edges who you know between Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and then the kid from Purdue. Uh, who are all potentially good enough to go in the top five. That doesn't include guys like David Ajabo. That doesn't include the guys like um, the kid from Florida State. That doesn't include like some of these other prospects that are very impressive that would sort of, that are 
normally for uh, first rounders without question, and maybe they're going to last as long, which is going to push a guy like Enigbar back a little bit. But anyway, he's 265 pounds. He's dominated the SEC in terms of just like how often he wins. Uh, his production has been great for two years. I, he was a guy who was interested last year um, when he opted to stay in school. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think he's done anything but play on the edge at this point, but he fits that body type of guys the Browns like. He's got the length, all those type of things. Great first step. And then the kid, Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. This would be the smallest school player the Browns have picked um, at this point. I think much of that is a reflection of the pandemic and uh, two years of strange things like not being able to get guys to the combine, followed by guys who simply weren't able to play. So it was easier for them to sort of, and, and probably in some parts coincidental, that they stayed at sort of the the, the main Power 5 schools. Uh, San Diego State, you know, they will probably be a knock uh, as a result of being a, an Aztec, but Cam Thomas does everything the Browns defensive line seems to want. He started his career as a defensive tackle, and as it's gone, he's widened out further and further. He's done a little bit of everything. He's six, you know, listed 6'5", 270, quick off the ball, you know, can disrupt double teams, can can shows good speed. The caveat I would have with both Thomas and Kingsley and Igbara, these are not guys with, like, supreme hips, or at least they've not shown it on tape. So – you know, they're more like clowny and some people really hate guys that don't have that hip flexibility. But I think for a team like the Browns, where the goal is to sort of collapse the pocket and reduce the, the area, a team, a, a quarterback has to operate. They're okay with that. Um, I, I don't know how many, you know, super twitchy guys they're going to get other than, you know, if they do, it's going to be for that tech McKinley role, but you'd be other than miles Garrett, like the entire uh, Brown's defensive edge group has almost no hip flexibility. And I don't know that that's the end of the world for them. So both these guys are sort of in that mix of guys who can give you the versatility play up and down the line. So theoretically you could have a rush package of sort of miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, uh, you know, Kingsley Enigbara and either tech McKinley or this kid, uh, Cam Thomas and not be completely compromised to get the, against the run and, and, you know, the sub package world is sort of where you want to go. Who are the guys that are going to be on the field, like, you know, 60% of the time or whatever. And for the Browns, the investments and their, their uh, salary cap certainly uh, work this way. They have to ultimately try to start working towards life after Javian Clowney, even if he's here for like three more years um, anyway. So you get cheap, controllable contracts that allow you to do that. You protect yourself against injury because, look, Jevin Clowney is a revelation on this team, but he gets nicked up. Uh, Miles Garrett will get nicked up and just sort of play through it. So give yourself more options in, in terms of how you can keep yourself strong up front and keep being able to just roll out talented guys that you can match up. And, you know, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's, you know, Josh Allen, whether it's any of these type of guys, teams that sort of um, have – quarterbacks that can extend their legs. These type of guys give you more ability to help contain and a little bit of ability to chase after those. All right. We're getting a little bit tight on time here, but I just want to ask you about uh, Cole, you on day three here, Cole Turner out of Nevada, 10 touchdowns on the season. Um, unique build at six foot at almost six foot six, you know, around the two forty mark. 
Um, you know, you're going to be faced with the decision here of extending Dave Njoku. Does that affect Austin Hooper's money? But look, you want to run all these tight ends and we'll see how it works out this week, you know, with Harrison Bryant, you know, obviously a high ankle sprain, you know, his availability, obviously we're not going to know more here till Tuesday on Harrison Bryant, if he's even going to be able to practice this week, let alone whether or not he's even going to be able to play on Sunday, but you want to play all these tight ends. You can't just have three. If you want to play three, you have to have four. And a guy like Turner certainly brings, you know, you know, uniqueness as far as he would probably come in as the biggest tight end in the room and look at the production, production, 10 touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. No, I mean, look, uh, him and Khalil Shakir from Boise State, um, he's another guy who who gets open against man coverage, has a ton of ability to go line up all over the place and was super productive for multiple years at Boise State. Cole Turner um, played with one of the more high-profile quarterbacks this year, and he's just a giant wide receiver. He went there as a wide receiver and filled into a tight end body. Um, you know, not the same way as Harrison Bryant did, but more along the lines of sort of the receiver growing into a tight end. And with the Browns set up there, they're sort of set up to, to, to account for somebody like that. So um, Cole Turner makes a lot of sense. I think the Browns are going to continue to draft and add tight ends uh, just because you know, that's that's such an important part of what they do. And, you know, a lot of size here for Baker Mayfield and Pete's mock. Uh, defensively, you know, you add to the rooms of importance. Safety brought in here. Obviously, assistance on the defensive line. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SportsIllustrated.com. Guys, check it all out. You know, the focus will shift back here to in-week action as Browns will face Baltimore again Sunday, 1 o'clock, first energy game of the season at this point most certainly uh so check all the coverage out uh over on brown's digest make sure you check out the uh for pete's sake podcast pete and nicole do a fantastic job make sure you're following at underscore pete smith underscore myself at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd show itself locked on browns follow back account dms are open appreciate everybody who makes locked on browns their first listen day in day out this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns